1967, the Red Sox were in turmoil. Owner Tom Yawkey was threatening to move the team as the city didn't help him build a new ballpark to replace ancient 55-year-old Fenway Park. The 1966 Red Sox finished ninth in a 10-team league, their eighth consecutive losing season. Attendance had dropped to the lowest levels since World War II. A change was needed. All right, I'm on my senior class trip. I'm here from uh, Lexington, Mass., home state of Paul Revere, John Hancock, and Noma! Noma! This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from 1967. Hey, everybody. We're doing it again! Here we are! Oh my god, you're so hyped! 1967, <laughs> it happening one year? Is that, did we change the name of the podcast? It be happening one year. That's the, that's, <laughs> that's what we're going with. We want to make it sound dumber if we can. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to match the actual content of the podcast. Oh, got it. So, as dumb as we can make it. Uh, I'm feeling, uh, you know, fall is coming. I'm feeling, uh, it's soup weather. It is. We uh, had pumpkin cheesecake today, just yeah. in the middle of the day, because we could. Just because we could, because we're right. adults and we make those sort of decisions. We do. We do what we like. I, we don't even have a plan for dinner, but I assume it's going to be something in the like warm goop <laughs> era, like you know something with like a sauce or like a chili or like a stew. That feels like the right thing for today. Are we ordering in stew? I don't even know how to do that. We got a Grubhub hot goop and just see <laughs> what's a hot goop category. A chowder. Uh, that's what we gotta do. Hot Goop, new band name, called it. <laughs> I think Hot Goop can definitely open for pewter beef. <laughs> I think for sure that's a great double bill. Gonna get a Hot Goop t-shirt. <laughs> Somebody at church should make that for our, for our merch store. Totally. At It happened one year at Podbean. I don't. I have no idea how, where. <laughs> where do you put a merch store for a podcast? I don't, uh, why does that exist? I don't think it does. <laughs> we, can, we can put everything on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, that's where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, in looking at 1967 and what we've already covered, yep. we've done a little sports up until now. Uh, uh -huh. Not a ton, but a little. I mean, technically, uh, we did uh, Evil Knievel. Yeah. yeah. That was this <laughs> season, right? Sport. Yeah. I, I mean, sports-ish. Yeah, sure. And then we did... Did we oh, do we a Super Bowl episode? We did, right? Yeah. Did we? Yeah, Super Bowl one. Right. I thought we did. Yeah, we did. We oh, talked about that. I don't know that. why the... did, you for, did you forget about that? Have you not... Put that episode out yet? <laughs> it's been out, right? I just, I don't, for some reason, I remember, like, we watched that thing. Yeah. But I don't yeah. really remember talking about it. No, we did. It was fine. We so also we talked that. about uh, that lady that ran the Boston Marathon, whose name escapes me. Sorry, lady. Catherine Switzer. That's her. Because that was part of that, like, there was, like, a couple people. We did her and yep. Bubba Smith. Yep. And someone else. Somebody that else. Was, uh, another sports episode. So we've done yep. some sports. Considering yeah. we haven't recorded a ton of episodes, we don't, we're, you know, we don't have 50 episodes this year. Yeah. But one thing we absolutely had to talk about uh, is the baseball season from 1967. Yeah. And it was a very key Red Sox season. So yeah. if, you know, if you've paid any attention to the show, I don't, I don't know how much we really have mentioned this, but Probably a not. little here and there, yeah. you know, the 1994 baseball episode was very different. Oh, yes. It was the humbug. 
Right. Yeah. It was our yeah, yeah. our full cast, you know, yeah. uh, dramatic reinterpretation of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say you haven't had a lot of opportunity to talk about the fact that you're a Red Sox fan. Right. I mean, 94, it just didn't come up because, no. again, we did that episode and there really isn't much more to 94. Yeah. And I think I've probably mentioned it on the show before for whatever reason. I know it, yeah. it's come up a little bit, but... But no, I mean, again, I'm not going to say this is the reason we picked 67. There's no one reason, but this definitely contributed because the 67 Red Sox season is a really interesting season. Yeah. In, and the overall, you know, baseball season that year. But the, that baseball season does very much revolve around the Red Sox and the Cardinals uh, yeah. in that World Series. So, it sure does. Yeah. So this is, this is where we are. Yeah. So in 1967, you weren't yet alive, but you were destined to be a Red Sox fan. When did you first become a Red Sox fan? I don't, I can't believe we've never mentioned talking about this on the show, but I guess, again, there's not probably a lot of opportunities. I don't distinctly know. I mean, again, most people I think become baseball fans of a team because their dad was, or their parents or they, or where they lived. Like it all mattered, right? Because that's what you can point back to, but I don't have that because my dad wasn't a baseball fan Mm -hmm. in any real sense. Like I think he liked baseball as much as anybody, but it wasn't that, you know, we didn't have even the minor league team in Scranton until 1989. Oh, um, the Red Barons had, I think it was 89, 88 or 89. So that was already later. So that's why I think so many people I grew up with who are a little younger than me became Phillies fans because the Barons were the AAA team. Makes sense. But I didn't have, we didn't even have that. So without that and my dad not being a baseball fan, uh, honestly, the two things I've always pointed to were the 1986 World Series because it's the first thing I really remember watching yep. baseball-wise. Mm-hmm. And why I latched onto the Red Sox instead of the Mets I think is because I also watched a lot of Cheers even yep. as a child and because <laughs> Sam Malone played for the Red Sox and the whole yeah. thing set in Boston. I really think that's it. I don't have a good other explanation for it because how, how does anybody become a fan of something if they're yeah. not around it, you know? Honestly, that makes perfect sense to me that you would, that, that it would be like as much Cheers as it was the actual real Red Sox, as much fictional as, as uh, actual real life Red Sox. That's all I have to go on, really. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, like growing up, like, does anybody in your family a baseball fan, like a fan of a team? Well, there was that time that Chad wore that shirt that just said baseball on it. <laughs> it looked like a jersey. <laughs> just said, so just a fan of the sport. I like the sport. No, no, we didn't really watch base. We, my parents only watched football. There were no yeah. other sports in our in our house growing up. And the I do remember going to the Binghamton Mets. Yeah. games um and then the first they took me on like a bus trip to see a Mets game when I was a kid once we at went Shea. with like a bunch of friends yeah at Shea. um we sat like literally in the back of the stadium I remember we were like three rows from the from the very the very top row but no we didn't and I and I got like the night that we were there I got they gave you like a little mini binder and you got like 12 baseball cards yeah I thought that I looked at those cards I, I didn't have a lot of friends a lot and I was like I've got baseball card I didn't know what anything meant no one told me what anything meant I just had them yeah um so I I remember that uh, but no, we didn't. I when you and I met, you may remember you asked me like, oh, are you a, a baseball fan? And I was like, oh, yeah, I like baseball. You know, I'm trying to impress this guy. Uh, and you were like, well, what team? And I was like, ah, if I had to pick probably the Yankees. And you were like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, OK, whatever. And only later did I learn what that actually meant. Completely because I, I had watched the two that was we met in 2004. And yeah. so we had just come off the 2003 season. And. Uh, but does the Yankees do anything in particular in 2003? They didn't, right? They went to the World Series, yeah. Oh, yeah, that might be it. 
But that was the 2003 playoffs. That was when they beat the Red Sox in game in seven right. in the ALCS. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yes. It's, so it's they, confusing if you're not really paying attention because the 2003 and 2004 seasons are very similar. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, yeah, so I, I vaguely remember that happening. I sort of saw some of that. Because you had like roommates or something who were baseball fans, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had roommates and I had, I had some friends that were very serious Yankees fans. And yeah, it, yeah. so I kind of knew what was happening, but I wasn't like super watching it. I mean, I think as a kid, like there was a very narrow window of time when I was either going to be a Red Sox fan or a Yankees fan. Like it, even though Scranton isn't that close to either of those cities and it would yeah. make more sense to be a Phillies fan. I just, I don't know. I never thought of the Phillies as like, I don't know. I, I never, yeah. I never was a national league fan, I guess, even as a kid. So uh, the first professional game I ever went to was a Yankees game when I was 12 or something. My dad took me to uh, to Yankee yeah. stadium. And so like you can make the case then at that point, it's this narrow yeah. thing. One and it was only other. really after that, like even, like even again, when I'm 12, I wasn't a, like a committed Red Sox fan. Like, yeah. but that was my dad's idea. I know I didn't weigh in on that. That was like, we took a bus trip, you know? Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. the fact that that even happened was, you know, a little bizarre, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, like now, in that time in the early nineties, like it was a really close possibility, I suppose. Yeah. You know? Well, now I can say that I'm glad that it went the way it did because Yankees fans are the worst, right? I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I yeah. can't, I can't be objective on this, yeah. but you know, yeah. I mean, and I've said this before, not to jump too far ahead of this before we get actually into the 67ness of this, yeah. but you know, for most of my life from that point on, you know, it was, a, it was the fact that the Red Sox never won anything was a problem, but it was also the fact that Yankees fans were such jerks about it, yeah. that that was the real thing that really rankled me. And up and up through 2003, I mean, 2003 was the worst thing that had ever happened. And <laughs> Uh, you know, the fact that, that like, was, I had to uh, live through that. Two years after 9-11, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe my perspective is <laughs> But no, I mean, it was funny. You know, we talked about this the other day, didn't we? The idea of like the worst, what's the worst day of your life? And yeah. you, you recognize that as in real time as it's happening. Yeah. Uh, I completely forgot about game seven of the 2003 ALCS, which was yeah. just the worst thing that had ever happened to me um, <laughs> up until that point. I was. It was funny because I was doing a play at the time. The play that actually leads me to meet you, it was that, it was the, the pivotal play of my life was doing yeah. the importance of being earnest at Actors Circle in fall of 2000. <laughs> but that night we had the show, we had a, a performance and afterwards we like went to somebody's house because I'm listening to the game on a radio when I'm not on stage. And that was this game that goes on for extra innings and yeah. they, they pull Pedro late and the whole thing. But that was just the worst. That was the worst experience. But... <laughs> Honestly, after the Red Sox finally win the World Series in 2004, my yeah. life has never really been the same after that. Like, you're just, you're not, it doesn't hurt you the same way. Like, you're, yeah. not, you're not wounded by this. Yes. And then the fact that they've had so much success this century then has been nice. But, but that's really the thing is that then Yankees fans' opinions don't matter to me anymore because now I have that. Like, that's, yeah. that, right. I'm taking that away from me. I don't yeah. care, you know, that Yankees fans are still living so firmly in the past with all of their <laughs> championships from the, so twenties, like <laughs> congratulations. So, um, you know, it's like Packers fans. You know, I don't know what it is. I'm just on the wrong side of these things where yeah. there's always just these like insufferable jerks on the other side. Uh, and yet, I'm a Red Sox fan, which is like the second worst fan base in the world, right? <laughs> like, so. Uh, but again, I think it'll, I think that was beaten into you for so long. Like, yeah, just a scrappy underdog team. When yeah. you finally start to win, the fan base became so gross. Yeah. From that experience that, you know, yeah. that's yeah. just what it is. You, you do have, I mean, I think maybe you've transferred some of that rage onto Packers fans mm -hmm. and because we don't really know any Packers fans. No. We, I've never actually had a 
a super bad experience with Packers fans. Like they seem fine. Um, but Joe just hates the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers in particular so much. Like it's just this deep seat. It's just transferred. You gotta, you gotta put it somewhere. I mean, but again, it's, it's, it's placed in a weird place, right? Like I think part of it is again, the way commentators talk about it. It's, Oh my God. It's the weird, like thing that built up around Aaron Rodgers and the fact that Aaron Rodgers has turned into such a horrible human being. Oh yeah. Like I hated him before because he was good and because the bears couldn't beat them. And like, there's something natural to that. I hated Derek Jeter in the same way. Like it was just, that's what it was. And then once the Red Sox started beating them, I didn't really care anymore. Yeah, I'm still not going to watch that Derek Jeter documentary. I don't care about that. But <laughs> I'm not going to root for Aaron Judge to keep hitting home runs. I don't care. But, <laughs> but the difference with the Packers is, you know, I had that with Aaron Rodgers before. And now in the yeah. pandemic, like, I think that he's a legitimate villain. Like, I think he's an yeah. actual terrible person. Yeah. Which I never really had with a lot of yeah. sports figures or celebrities. Like, that wasn't really part of my life. Yeah. You know? Well, conveniently, not only is Aaron Rodgers a terrible person, but we're learning... And so is Brett Favre. And so it's like, it's like Illinois governors. Like they're just all terrible, exactly. right? They're all criminals. They're all villains. Right. Um, you, the last yeah. good Packers quarterback was probably Bart Starr, who I'm sure was a nice <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, Brett Favre's gross and Aaron Rodgers is gross. And it's hard yeah. to even say who's worse. That's the real problem. Like, <laughs> they're both know. such think, terrible people. It's incredible. Stealing millions of dollars from the poor people of Mississippi probably outweighs mm. just It's being bad for like, Mississippi, but Aaron Rodgers being like anti-vaccine scene and a conspiracy note's bad yeah, for everyone that's, that's true that's so true. i don't know yeah. it's a toss-up it's a toss-up <laughs> in the awfulness scale yeah so uh, anyway we should talk about 1967 yeah let's not if we keep <laughs> going down this road i'm just gonna start bitching about gary sheffield jason <laughs> giambi's head and, and you know and how much i deeply love mariana rivera and yet i hate mariana rivera <laughs> i can't deal with it the dichotomy of my feelings as regards <laughs> mariana rivera who in 1967 was 12 Oh no, he probably wasn't born. I don't. Okay. I don't even. Okay, know. so the 1967 world. Let's focus up. Yeah, focus up, boats over here. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so uh, the 1967 baseball season. Yeah. Uh, this is not an easy era, I think, to talk about because, it, like, the 70s have super teams, right? The 70s have like the big yeah. red machine, the Cincinnati team. They have that great Yankees team at the end. They have the great Oakland team at the beginning. It's 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 a, a decade of just dynasties, right? Yeah. I don't think the 60s have the same thing. There's a lot of good teams. Yeah. But, but you know, the Yankees have fallen off. It's the weird era where the Yankees aren't good. Yeah. And it's a lot of like just teams that are up and down. And the fact that the Red Sox come out of nowhere and have this one great year in this run of terrible years for them is crazy. And then on the other hand, you have the Cardinals who maybe not a dynasty, but were a legitimately consistently good team. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were were watching this documentary about the season to prep for the show. And I felt like at some point I was like, I'm not even going to remember how to talk about the details. Cause they were like, there's this team in Detroit. They were good. Uh, Minnesota also good. Uh, the Dodgers were good. The Cardinals were, they were good. Right. The, you know, like that's what, <laughs> what yeah. it was. And I was like, okay, so we're all pretty, pretty good. I guess. Yeah. There's not a ton of consistency. There's a bunch of teams who were good for a couple of years. Yeah. But it seems like the championships were all won by like yeah. a couple, like two or three teams. Like it wasn't, you know, yeah, it wasn't like, like the twins, like how great the twins were at this time, but the twins didn't win a championship in that run. Like they just yeah. were good, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. to have that, and then this one fluky year yeah, where the Red Sox were good um, yeah. because they're not good anywhere around it. So, so but th- what's so interesting about that is what, what does actually happen to the Red Sox? So at the, at the all-star game, they were what, like six games behind the lead for the pennant, right? Yeah, they were only like two games over 500. Yeah, the six yeah. games, and then they come back 
to win the pennant. Like it's yeah. this remarkable turnaround. They won like 10 games in a row after the all-star game. They played Minnesota and had a, like a two game series and they had to win both. And they did like, yeah. Just, yeah, just some remarkable performances here by the Red Sox. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's funny to think back of how baseball was structured because when you go back then and there was no playoff rounds, oh, there's yeah. just the world series that like you have to finish at the top of this big division. And the year before the Red Sox were ninth, you know, like they were nothing and they hadn't yeah. had a winning year in, in eight years or something like that. So they really weren't a competitive team. And so then the fact that they go on this big run and they're in this really close pennant race with Detroit and Minnesota and yeah. the White Sox were in there for a bit. Yep. That was the real dramatic part of it. And that's why this has always gone down as the, impo- it's always referred to as the impossible dream season. And that team is often credited as being like the beginning of the real Red Sox nation thing yeah. that now exists. Like, because again, before that, like they hadn't been to a World Series in 20 years. Yeah. You know, they weren't a consistently good team. They were just there. And there were rumors that they were going to relocate the team. Oh my God. The way, the way they had moved the Boston Braves, that like yeah. things were going bad. Like Fenway's small and the attendance was bad. And like that 67 actually saves all of that. Oh. There's, there's not a concrete, like this is definitely going to happen, yep. but there've always been rumors that if 67 didn't take place and they had another eight years before they were good again, yeah. you know, it's possible that they would have just moved the team. Interesting. Okay. So talk to me about, cause the, the two players that you really know from this ish era are Ted Williams and Carl Yastrzemski. Like it seems like yeah. There was Ted Williams and then Yastrzemski was like the next Ted Williams, right? They were the the great pick. So did they overlap at all? Like when did Will- Ted Williams retire? No, Ted Williams was retired. It's funny in that documentary because they talk about it as though it just was this neat one to yeah. the next one. But Yaz, I believe his rookie year is 61. So like oh, there was okay. time in between. It's just yeah. that again, like they weren't a team that had a lot going for them. Yeah. So the fact that they key everything around Ted Williams, which makes sense because he's the best hitter of all time. And then, like, their next really great player yeah. comes along pretty soon after. It's not like they had, a, like, decades yeah. of nothing. It's just not the Yankees, where the Yankees have one great player after another, where you can go from Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth to Joe DiMaggio to Mickey Mantle in, in, with no gaps. Like, it's this. Yeah. Yeah. They managed to stay good that way. I think this is why I get confused about how old Yaz actually is. Um, <laughs> you've because had, you've had Carl Yastrzemski in the death pool. For 15 years. Yeah, I have. And and I think it's because I equate him with Ted Williams. So I didn't realize yeah. like how far apart they were and how much younger Yastrzemski was than Ted Williams. Yeah. And so it was just like this week that I that you we were talking about this and you told me how old he actually is now. And I was like, oh, my God, why have I had him for this yeah. long? The Carl Yastrzemski him. was playing in your lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I drafted him when he was like in his early 60s or something. And I was like, yeah. this is the guy I'm going to. I always assumed forever. that like you first took him because you thought he had some health issue and then he's just hung around and he's fine. No. Yeah. I just thought he was old and yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> I, I, guess he was, I think it's because he plays for so long. Yeah. Like, you know, his great years are in the 60s, but then he plays throughout the 70s and into the 80s. Like, yeah. I think yeah. him and Wade Boggs are on the same team for a year Just or two. My, like, like, imprecise knowledge of baseball that I was like, oh, he played baseball in, like, what, the 40s? I don't know. Like, right. No, not yeah. even You close. think he's Willie Mays, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, who, yeah. if you had asked me, I would say probably played in the 80s, Willie Mays. Oh, no. Willie, yeah. Willie Mays is 10 years older than Carl Yastrzemski. So. Son of a gun. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that by the time you get to the 67-ness of the Red Sox, right? Yeah. So now, because there's been all of this time, that Red Sox team has some pretty good players, but they're not, I don't think there's a lot of all-time great Red Sox on that team. The fact that Jim Lomborg is like the yeah. pitcher on that team 
is weird. Like Jim Lundborg is not exactly a household, even Red Sox name, you know, like he was good for those couple of years. He won the Cy Young in 67, but yeah, you know, when we were watching that. I was like, Oh my God, I've never heard of that guy. Yeah. No, he his name really hasn't important. gone down in legend, you know, yeah. like, like the Red Sox, again, weren't a great, they, they have a lot of, a lot of hitters over the years. Yeah. They don't have a ton of pitchers that like immediately their names would pop into your head. Yeah. In the seventies, they have like Bill Spaceman Lee, and they have uh, Luis Tian. Like they had pitchers who then were like big deals for that other one big World Series team they put together that lost. Yeah. But in '67, no, it's basically Carl Yastrzemski, yep. uh, Rico Petroselli, and mm-hmm. and Tony Canigliaro. Like that's that team. Yeah. And you know, as I, I while we watch this, like I know the Tony Canigliaro thing is coming, and yeah. it's such a it's so hard. <laughs> Even yeah. like again, this happens before I was born. Like his career is completely over by the time I'm born. Yeah. And yet Tony Canigliaro, I think, just summons up so many emotions for for anybody who knows that story that yeah. the fact that like he gets hurt in 67, which I didn't even realize until we were like researching. Yeah. That uh, I had to go run out and find my Red Sox Tony Canigliaro T-shirt to wear while we're recording the show. We got to tell the story because I don't I like I didn't know this story until you, you told it to me. Yeah. So Tony Canigliaro was really young in 67. I think he'd only been playing three or four years. He's like 23, maybe. Yeah. But he had like. Or he was the second fastest person to get to a hundred home runs. Yeah. By age. Like he was he did it when he's like twenty-two. Yep. So like he's gonna be this great Red Sox player forever, you know, and he's popular. He's from Massachusetts. Like he's, you know, really popular. Yeah. But then in August, so the you know, the season's winding down and they're having this great run. Yeah. He got hit in the face with a pitch and it ends the season. Like he his eye swells up, he he like fractures his orbital bones, like it, it's really bad. And he he missed a lot of time. He does come back and play okay for a couple of years. I think he was the comeback player of the year, something in 1970. Yeah. But but he's out of the he's out of the game by the early 70s, 72, 73, when he's like 30-ish. Yeah. And it's just this tragedy because he was yep. this he was going to be this all-time great player. Like yeah. the fact that he's the focus of that team when Yaz wins the triple crown in 67, <laughs> when Yaz yeah. is the MVP. Yeah. And and yet he's not even the most popular player on that team is just remarkable. Yeah. Um, well, it also seemed like Yaz kind of turned it on once he got hurt, once Tony Pinigliero yeah. got hurt. Like Yaz does kind of, I mean, they had been saying that it, over the course of the season, Yaz had been like stepping up and leaning in and all this stuff. But like once he gets hurt, Yaz is just everywhere. He's like that, that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's playing all the, all the, yeah. um, yeah. He's like, what tw- was it? 2018 Poppy? Like that's, 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 yeah. Right 2013. Yeah. 2013, 2013. Yeah, just doing it all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Yaz wasn't really much of a power hitter before, before 67. And then he goes on to hit a ton of home runs. Like he becomes yeah. a, a more of a power hitter after this. And maybe it's just out of necessity because they didn't have a lot of power on that team, especially yeah. after uh, Canigliaro gets hurt. But yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly part of it. But yeah, it's the fact that like, if Tony Canigliaro doesn't get hurt, what does that team look like for the right. next 10 years? Like, where, right. where does that go? Especially once they start to put together that mid-70s team that was so good. Yeah. Um, when he would have only, he would have been in his prime, like he would have been in his late 20s at the time. Yeah. But, and it, but again, it's this overall tragedy. It's because like not only does he get hurt and lose all these baseball years, but he ends up having a stroke when he's about 40. Ooh. And like and is like debilitated and then dies. I don't think he even gets to 50. Like oh my he God. dies really young. So it's and like this is all connected to that event. Like even yeah. though there's no no one's ever, I think, drawn up the what the reasoning was for that stroke to point back to when he got beamed with this pitch. 
Yeah. It definitely contributes. Who has a stroke at 40? Like, yeah. And especially his yeah. life has gone in such a bad way at yep. that point. You don't get hit in the eye with a, with a pitch and like, yeah, not have other knock on impacts of, of that injury. Like right. that's so devastating. It was such traumatic brain injury. And yeah. Stuff. And his sight was never quite the same. And that's yeah. why he does come back and play some more and he was okay. But I think it was, you know, it was, it was just a matter of time. Like it was totally. just burned out. Yeah. And so then, so then, yeah, like I think he dies in like 1990 or something. Wow. Like, he's maybe 50. So That's crazy. It's a shame. It's a shame. But, but I forgot that this was actually the same year. Like I didn't know yeah. that this happened then. Yeah. I would have See, guessed it was later because I thought he would have been, they would have needed him more to, yeah. to fight their way to the World Series, especially yeah. in that tight contest. Totally. And you, so they showed like the, the pitch and it, I mean, it does look like, pretty bad he, yeah he's you know, down immediately like yeah it just hit straight in the face like yeah. it's so crazy yeah and then like kind of famously he was on the cover of sports illustrated right after that and it's like his face is normal on the one side and the other side is this bit you know his eye oh also. my god and so he became this patron saint of the red sox from that point forward yeah because he was so popular and yeah even now i think people still know who he is even though he only really played for a couple of years yeah um, he set so many of those records when he was young that I think yeah. That was so, so yeah, that's that's the Tony Canigliaro story and yeah. and yeah, like I if I had guessed, I would have thought that happened later. I thought that was sixty eight, yeah. sixty nine, just because that sixty seven team doesn't have a lot of names. And I'm like, yeah. how the hell did they win so many games? How did they fight through that and get to that World Series? Yeah, so. yeah. So let's talk about what happens in the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I realize we're just talking about the Red Sox, but like the Cardinals were just a great team. The Cardinals had a lot, you know, they had <laughs> they Lou Brock and they had Orlando Cepeda and Bob Gibson was a monster. Like Bob Gibson <laughs> wins three games in the World Series. He apparently hits a home run at one point. Like, <laughs> my God, like, how do you compete with this? And and this isn't even his best year. His best year is 68. Yeah. When he has like he also, an ERA of 1.1, 1. 1, you know, like. <laughs> he also ridiculous. doesn't win the Cy, Cy Young this year. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, I don't want to shortchange. The Cardinals were great and like they deserve to win. I don't know what the Red Sox are even doing there. Like it is just, a <laughs> you know, like I think it's they're just, just it's, just it's an honor just being nominated. Like, right. Like the fact that they can manage this and they're just yeah. riding like Yaz and Yaz's uh, MVP year. But yeah, the World Series, they lose in seven games and it's it's back and forth. You know, they have home field, the Red Sox. So yep. Uh, you know, game seven was at home, but there's a lot of close games. The, it doesn't seem like the last game was particularly close, but yeah. they played a lot of two to one and one to nothing games. Jim Lonborg yeah. threw a one hitter at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Yaz hit a bunch of home runs. Like it was, it was going pretty well. And it's funny because in this stretch from 1918 to 2004, the Red Sox only make the World Series a couple times. They're, you know, again, they're, they, yep. they had to deal with the Yankees and so many other things, but. They only make the World Series 1946, 1967, 1975, 1986. And all of those go to seven games and they lost all of them. Ugh. So like, that's the other thing is that, you know, it's not even that like they got close. Yeah. They didn't get there that often. And when they did, they just barely lose. so close. Yeah. For decades, you know? And if you go back and look at their, all their history, they've been to now having, they won the four of them in the, in the current century, you know, they've been to what, 14 World Series all time, something like that. Uh, and they've won, I think they've won eight or nine. Like they've won most of them. Yeah. But the weird consistent fact is if they get to the World Series, they either lose in seven games or they win. There's, <laughs> there's no other yeah. thing that's ever happened. They've never, never lost in blown four. Out. Yeah. You know, they've never lost in five. Like yeah. until 2004 was the first World Series they'd played in that didn't go to seven games since 1918. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
when they beat the Cubs in like six games. So. <laughs> it's just remarkable, like that that like that had to be what it was, right? And all and most of those are also against the Cardinals. They beat 46. the Cubs in two thousand four. In nineteen eighteen. Oh, in nineteen eighteen. Yeah. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. No, they beat the Cardinals in two thousand four. Yeah, that's why I was confused. It's Cardinals two thousand four. Cardinals losing in 46, Cardinals losing in 67, then they beat the Cardinals again in 2013. <laughs> so just those are the years that line up. Red Sox. Yeah, that was that was how the 67 World Series played out. Oh. The 67 World Series that began on October 4th, 1967, the day of the UFO sighting in Shag Harbor. Oh my god. <laughs> So. You're just dropping in some uh, some previews. It's a big upcoming episode we're dealing with, but it did actually happen on the same day. And the game took place in Boston, which is fairly close to Nova Scotia. It's probably the sure. closest baseball stadium to Nova Scotia uh, in true. 1967, for sure. Yeah. 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 What uh, what kind of takeaways do you have from the 67 baseball season, having seen this thing? I realize yeah. watching old game footage because the t- like <laughs> TV broadcasts suck, so yeah. it's a yeah. little tough, but... Uh, well, I so I I know who Lomborg is now. Mm. Didn't didn't know that before. You want to run uh, out and get a Jim Lomborg jersey? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> this is coming, boat. So yeah. you can hook me up. That'd be great. See what I can do. I learned when Yaz played, so that was good. It's been a big um, day for you. I've learned a lot, and I learned that Bob Gibson is a is a really good pitcher. Like, Amazing. It really seemed to be like every time, even watching this, every time they were like, Bob Gibson was pitching, I was like, well, we're gonna lose this one, and we yeah. did. Like he just every mowed time. everybody down. He was incredible. Yeah. 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 So that seems good. It was helpful to know that the Red Sox lost because I mm. knew they didn't win a World Series in that stretch of time. Yep. So that was good. And it's uh, although it did take some of the drama out of it. So I was like, well, they're just going to lose this. Yeah, I would say that's uh, that's it. I didn't realize that Roger Maris played for the Cardinals at this. Oh, point. yeah, uh, it was something that I wasn't uh, wasn't aware of. I he sure if did. gun to my head. I would have guessed he didn't always play for the Yankees because he had such a hard time in New York. But I didn't actually know that that was the case. And oddly, we've run into a lot of Roger Maris stuff this year because of this whole Aaron Judge thing. Oh, yes. So, you know, so as of as of we're recording this, we usually don't do this, but as we're recording this, yep. today is the 55th anniversary of the Red Sox clinching the pennant against the Twins. Yep. Um, but it's also Roger, uh, Roger Maris and Aaron Judge are currently tied for the oh. American League home run record. Yeah. If that matters. <laughs> I, I've said this to Sarah before. Before this season, if you would ask me, like, oh, whoever hits more than 61 home runs going forward, are they the single season home run champion? I probably would have said yes, because because of the steroid era. Sure. Even though they hold the steroid players hold what the top six or seven spots. Yeah. But now I'm kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> because it's Aaron Judge. Because it's Aaron Judge. And that's probably not fair, right? Yeah. How do you feel? Do you have any opinion on this? Not really. No. no? Um, I, I kind of think uh, the steroid era doesn't bother you. No, I think it's kind of shitty because I feel like everybody was doing it. And yeah. so I feel like these guys probably like got a little bit of a raw deal on all of the asterisks, asterisks and the fact that they're, you know, the Hall of Fame implications. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, did they know that they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing? Like, I feel like a lot of the stories are that their doctor told them it was okay or their doctor told them it was fine. And uh, I don't know. Is that true? I have no idea, but no, I mean, I, I still think you still hit that many home runs. Like I, I feel like that counts. Yeah. I mean, I go back and forth, you know, living through the era, it was very exciting. You know, 1998 right. was an amazing right. baseball season. Yeah. And, like, and I knew about the race between, uh, was it Sosa and Maguire? Yeah. 
And like, I remember that and I didn't watch baseball, but I remember that. Yeah. And it was funny. Cause like, even though at the time, again, Mark McGuire is, a, you know, a monster and he's so big that you're yeah. just kind of like, you know, but he was already a good home run hitter. It's Sammy Sosa. That's the real question mark, right? Because he was nobody. And then all of a yeah. sudden he becomes this incredible home run hitter. And then, you know, ends up hitting, uh, God, 600 home runs or something. You know, he hits an incredible number of home runs in his career. But it's mostly concentrated in this era that that was the real question mark even then, right? And yeah. so that feels like, well, he must have cheated to be able to become that. Mark McGuire yeah. was already great. Barry Bonds was already great. Yeah. And then the fluke, of course, is that Barry Bonds has this one season where he hits 73 home runs and he never hit more than 50 in a different season. You know? Yeah. But like, I don't know. As time goes on... Is it, can we give them a pass just because it was fun? Probably not. Like that doesn't seem yeah. entirely fair to the rest of history. But at the same time, like you said, everybody who's doing it. I, I definitely do not think that there should have been like congressional hearings about it. Like that seems a little ridiculous to me. Yeah. Like, look, if a guy can take some steroids and then be a better baseball player, I don't care. He snorts cocaine, goes out and hits a bunch of home runs. Great. Like, good for him. That seems exciting. He's yeah. he's the one taking on the cocaine. So, you know, Godspeed. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't really have an issue with it. It's as long as everyone has access to the same performance enhancing drugs. Right. The level playing field. Then, you know, is it is it all that different than like he's got a special way of doing squats that makes him stronger? Like, no, I don't know. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's not exactly like hitting with corked bats or something. It's not like one yeah. person has an advantage. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I a... do worry that like I'm now just coming around to this because of Aaron Judge. <laughs> I don't think it's fair. I, I really don't. Because yeah. I mean, honestly, I was thinking about this. Like, what if it was Xander Bogarts? What if Xander Bogarts this year hit 60 home runs? Yeah. I, I would be like Xander Bogarts. Is, that's it. That's it. He's yeah. he's the champion. <laughs> he got 62. He's, he's it. Yeah. And I done. feel like, ah, that's kind of shitty. So. I don't know. I, maybe I'm, I'm just ready to revert to Barry Bonds. No one's ever going to hit 73. So yeah, that's just it, you know, but, but at the same time, eh, I don't know. I go back and forth. I don't feel like the American league home run record matters. I don't feel like that's a thing. So the fact that so much emphasis is being put on that, as opposed to people just saying, we're not going to count the steroid players. Yeah. yeah. But that yeah. feels strange. So. I mean, look, all of this uh, records and stats and all of it is to drum up excitement and interest. So the fact that people are paying attention, great. It seems like the media from that one, what was that one story you told me about? It was like a college football game and they kept breaking into it to talk about Aaron Judge and everyone lost their minds. because they, yeah, they were breaking into the game to show his at-bats. And that was like his at-bats to get to 61. He was sitting on 60. <laughs> and like college football fans were like, no one cares about this. <laughs> like, this is literally just the New York market and ESPN forcing us to do this. Like, yeah. So, cause they have nothing to go on. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, at this point, like Aaron judge isn't going to hit 74. So yeah, I'm okay. I don't care what happens at this point. As long as the Yankees don't win the world series, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care. So that being said, who's going to win the world series this year? Yeah, you know, I've been studying the charts and <laughs> you've looked uh, at the standings. I've looked at the standings and I've I've done a lot of I've I've evaluated the rosters mm. and done some predictive analytics. How the and, pitching matchups will work, yeah, left-handed hitters and such. Yeah, because yeah, you know it's October first, so there's not much time left in the year. It's coming. Um so yeah, and I've come up with I think the definitive answer. Ooh, the, good the 2022 World Series champions will be the Montreal Expos. Uh, no? <laughs> Boots, that's a home run. <laughs> Incisive, 
uh, uh, thoughtful, dedicated <laughs> analysis. You, I mean, yep. this this speaks yeah. to I think all of your strengths. Yeah, yeah, stats you, and data. Like you've evaluated I, everything, and you've like, come up with. Yeah. I'm known for being a data driven decision maker, and uh, and this is the one. Yeah. I don't think I, I think it's indisputable. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate that you're going all in. Yeah, although um, I guess it is now your turn to dispute. Well, uh, you know, if I, I this I, this hasn't been the greatest baseball season. I you know again, it's been all Aaron Judge for the last month, which kind of sucks. Uh, I was excited that Pujols got to 700 home runs. I was I yeah. was pulling for that, and he Good hit 701, him. I think, yesterday or today. Ooh, so right. his final all-time number is going to be cool. It's going to be like 702 or something. You know, yeah, yeah. it'll be memorable, right? Yeah. But you know, the Red Sox had a great June, I want to say, and <laughs> yep. since then it's just been I don't know. Nothing. There's seven yeah. games under, so I haven't been paying super close attention. It's been like Sports Center at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, even though the Dodgers have won like 108 games, for some reason they just seem to trip all over themselves in the playoffs, except for the the pandemic year the weird yeah. 60 game season so yep. it's hard to go all in on them uh the yankees obviously aren't going to do it so you know the braves won last year i don't think the braves are going back to back that doesn't feel right yeah so uh you know it's not good but i'm gonna say houston I, Houston. You know, i'm not pulling for them i mean houston are yeah. a bunch of cheaters and bastards but I don't know. They feel like Houston came on pretty strong after the All-Star break once the yeah. Yankees started falling apart. So yeah. I would say I think it's going to be Houston and L.A. in the World yeah. Series, and I think Houston's going to win. That's that's what I'm going with. Uh, we did see Houston, I believe, in our last uh, Major League game that we saw. Right? I have not been to a Major League Baseball game since the pandemic. Uh, the last game we went to uh, was uh, September 1st, 2019. Uh, we were in Toronto, and we saw the Houston Astros, Justin Verlander pitching. Uh, and how did that game work out for the uh, for the Blue Jays? I uh, I believe they lost. They did, uh, and I believe Verlander uh, made it so that the Blue Jays didn't even get any hits. It's true. Justin Verlander's third career no hitter. We were there. Yeah, we were there. How great was um, that? Yeah, Joe, Joe got real emotional. I did. I, I could not <laughs> even deal with it because weirdly, I know a bunch of people who've been to no hitter games, and it just seems weird, like. People like Munchak, who's not even a baseball fan, yeah. has been to a no-hitter game. Like, and, you know, uh, I think Michael and Angie went to a no-hitter game. Like, the yeah. fact that enough people in my life had done it, and we go to a, you know, at this point, we had gone to a lot of baseball games. Yeah. I really just didn't think it was ever going to happen. And the fact that we were there for that really just, it blew my mind. Could not even deal with it. Even though I'm not a Houston fan or a Blue yeah. Jays fan or whatever. It was almost the right situation, right? Because yep. if we had gone to see, like, the the Red Sox and the White Sox, and the White Sox had no hit the Red Sox. I wouldn't feel good about that. No, you know, no, I don't yeah. remember the the Toronto fans being overly into that. Yeah, so, there were people I mean, who was, were excited there, but it wasn't like everybody was excited. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it was intense at the end, right? Because yeah. you didn't know. If, and I think people were excited that it happened, but yeah. no, it must be unpleasant to get no hit at home. I'm but sure. I also I want to say like that was a scoreless game into like the eighth inning. Yeah. So like, even as the no hitter is going on, there's a chance you're it's just not going to happen. That this yeah. is going to go to extras and it's going to get messed up. Yeah. So like, there was a lot of drama around the end of that game. That was yeah. a cool game. That was yeah. that was a lot of fun. It was exciting. I think part of the reason we hadn't seen a no hitter before that is because there were periods of time where we went to a ton of baseball games, but we went to games because they were cheap, and that was when the Cubs and or the White Sox were bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. our, our we were more likely, I'm sure, to see a, another team no hit the home team uh, yeah. at that period of time, and then we stopped going to Cubs games because of Ricketts and Trump. And then, you know, we just haven't been back to a game since uh, since the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Since 2016, I think we've gone to like 
four or five games and it's always yeah. random like we went to i think see the the red sox play the twins in minnesota yep uh, we've been to boston i think for a game or two we went to a couple white sox games yeah and then that that random toronto game so there's not many no and, but the fact that it just lined up like we bought tickets ahead of time we didn't even know verlander was pitching so yeah. it was just luck that this even worked out yeah but yeah that was that was pretty remarkable and that Very was the last game we've been to and that was yeah. over three years ago so yeah it was the day before joe turned 40. That's true. I turned 40 in Toronto. So yeah. if uh, if there's ever a trivia book, it happened one year trivia. <laughs> I turned 40 in Toronto. Uh, I think my only major birthday I spent out of the country. <laughs> probably the only yeah. birthday I've ever spent out of the country. That's yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably true. You turned 30. In Paris. In Paris. So <laughs> this uh, is what and we I, do on our birthdays. I believe there's a chance I turned 35 in Mexico. Oh, that could be. Uh, we went for my 35th birthday. I just can't remember when my actual birthday was. It might yeah. have been. The, I think it was the day we left. So I think. Yeah, I can't remember. So I would have spent part of my birthday in, in Mexico. I'm pretty sure it's the day we left. But. Yeah, because I believe I, for your birthday that year, I got you that cameo. <laughs> Wasn't that right? Yeah. Joe got me like the first cameo I'd ever seen. I'd never yeah. I didn't know what cameo was. It yeah, was the cameo website new. was still like a pretty nascent thing at that point. So there yeah. it hadn't really I don't even know how popular it is now, but like it yeah. got more popular after this. But that was yeah. like what twenty what was that twenty eighteen? Yeah. Yeah. What was that cameo? Oh, it was Farah from Teen Mom. <laughs> she maybe maybe better known for being half a porn star. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Hard to yeah. say about Farah, yeah. but yeah. I thought you'd like that. I loved it. These it are the stupid hilarious. gifts we get each other. It was amazing. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up. I think that more or less covers baseball 1967. I, I know we missed a lot. Mickey Mantle hit his 500th home run that year. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it was the first season they gave out a trophy. Yeah. What did they do for winning the World Series before that? Just a ring and a high five? What, Big what thumbs up. Just a nice thumbs job. Up? Nice job, yeah. fellas. Yeah, it was so. the first year of the trophy. What were, I was trying to think what those other stats at the end of the documentary were, but I think yeah. we covered them. It was it was uh, Canigliero and how fast he got to 100, I think. Yeah. Um, he has his triple crown. He has his triple crown. Which there's only been one triple crown since then. Yeah. So that's something. I yep. mean, most of my life, it was there was no one's ever going to get a triple crown because it seems so hard. And then yeah. Miguel Cabrera got it in 2012. And then now there's, I guess, a chance. By the time you hear this, I guess you'll know whether Aaron Judge got it this year, but he's really close. Yeah. Um, I think it was the it was the first year they gave out Cy Youngs for both leagues. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, L- Lomborg. Lomborg. Jim Lomborg. Lomborg. And, uh, and Lomborg. Lomborg. <laughs> Yeah, I bet when he realized he uh, he got the Cy Young, he made the O face. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Um, and then some other guy got it got it for the other league. It was yeah. I was hoping Gibson. you. I don't remember. I don't remember either because we were both just like, where is where is Bob Gibson? Why wasn't it Bob Gibson? Yeah, who was the other guy? Uh, the other guy was Mike McCormick. Sure, uh, but yeah, no. The point being, Bob Gibson, sixty-seven. Even though apparently he got no Cy Young votes. Yeah. Uh, in sixty-eight. He won the Cy Young and was the National League MVP for as a starting pitcher is ridiculous. That's that's that is ridiculous. Something they um, mostly don't do. So. <laughs> well, so the, the the other thing that I think was interesting about this season, and I don't know how often this happens. I'm not sure about the like history here, but the National League MVP, who was Orlando Cepeda, yeah. he was a unanimous MVP. That does seem like it would be pretty rare, right? He got all 20 of the votes because I think there were only 20 votes. Well done. Yeah. Although I, that seems really impressive, but Yastrzemski, the MVP on the AL, got 19. So I'm like, I don't know. He won the triple crown. <laughs> yeah. 
Who didn't vote for Carl Yastrzemski? <laughs> Who's that jerk? Yeah. It's I like, don't actually uh, know. I don't know how common the, the unanimous MVP actually is. Even this year, where Aaron Judge is having this year, yeah. for most of the season, people were saying, like, well, Otani is still probably in the MVP conversation, right? Yeah. Like, even though he plays for the Angels and, you know, they're they're not con- contending at all. Uh, just be- I mean, he, I think he was the MVP last year just because you got pitching and hitting stats like that. You're gonna yeah, do- yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other guy who got a vote for the MVP on the uh, American League side in 67 was uh, Cesar Tovar. He got from Minnesota. He got one vote. Okay. The rest of the They were mentioning Minnesota players. They mentioned Harmon Killebrew. And yeah. I don't remember them mentioning that guy. No. No. I Tough think luck, the, Tovar. The, the voter must have been like Tovar's brother, like Dave Tovar. Right. I'm guessing if they have 20 votes, it's like all the major like sports markets. And the Minnesota guy was like, you know what, Tovar? <laughs> all right that's i think it all right what are you doing for the outro what are you doing for the outro uh, what are you doing for the outro uh do you want to sing that dirty water song oh that was kind of um that was kind of i'm dreaming of a white christmas <laughs> <laughs> is that what that was <laughs> that's not what i was hearing in my head but i realized that's what it sounds like you added a whole whole other level of funk in there. <laughs> All right. Well, well, sweet Caroline, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. This has been It Happened One Year. Please follow us on all the random social media sites that exist and rate us wherever you possibly can. That'd be great. 